Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John JJ Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. This week, we welcome back Emily, the host of Yelp's Behind the Review podcast with Entrepreneur.com. We talk about your online presence, how to manage online reviews, and your response strategy. Want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, and Blu-ray XL. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, everybody. I hope everyone's had a good week so far. I don't know about y'all, but we're uh, finally getting some cold weather here, so I had to bust out the jacket and the boots and the jeans and the beanie. I'm guessing it's cold where you are, John. I see you have your, your beanie on today. So, <laughs> Shots fired nice and early. <laughs> I'm after that change in appearance, but you just really cut to the chase. Right. Like four years. What happened? <laughs> right, right. Look like I went up to the mountains. I'm living in a little shack in the mountains as a bear man. I got favorite shows. It's about people that live in the Alaskan frontier. You could you could be on that show right now. It's <laughs> terrible. Ah, <laughs> oh, John, I, man, I'm, I'm he, he, go. didn't, he didn't even let you kind of start your, you know. Damn. No, no, um, I, don't, I no, I, I, it's it's all good. It's all good. I, I'm, look I'm at that, Zach. He didn't even have a. He's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I was fully prepared for this. So, yeah. It, for those of you, it is, I have who are listening and can't watch, I definitely have some hair on my head. And to be honest, this is about like maybe a month, maybe about a month worth of growing, but it's cold. And I always shave my head to the skin. And it's been a little chilly out here. So, when I go out in the morning, 30 degrees, my noggin is frozen. So I put a little winter coat on top and keep my head warm a little bit. So I look like. Well, can you turn to the side for me? Because you have some hair going on on the beard. But like for those who aren't watching, you have this really beautifully like beard. Is is that right? Yeah. Can you, can I get some dimension? Let me see. Oh, see. yes. You see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. John, what made you kind of go with the long hair? By the way, Zach, he looks like a totally different person with hair. So whoever's listening to this, you got to go to watch this video. I don't Friendly. look as much of a, like do. an asshole, right? You do. Yeah. You know, you don't look as much as my people as with the hair growing. Right. You know? Okay. Well, so 
You're not as scary. Remember this look because it will be the last time you'll see it. I'll, I'll make sure because now I've caught shit twice now because of it. So don't do it. Look at that. Zach's telling you don't do it. Emily, good morning. Emily, you're on mute. Uh-oh, we lost her. <laughs> she just kind wow. of froze with the, and then we lost her, John. Yeah, I know. And look, my video and my audio right now is all chopped. When she asked me to turn my head, I turned my head, and it's for the video to actually turn. So watching me on the screen right now is a little, it's a, I'm sure she'll jump back on. So we'll sit yeah. here and talk about jump back on <laughs> i haven't seen zach for like two weeks and, and bam he comes out First he comes round. out yeah guns a blazing punching right i like it i like it it was it was bam 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 here are you guys busy oh god i'm busy oh, i'm so busy zach is that why you haven't cut your hair or is it just because like, really just <laughs> why because... are we still talking about my no i'm hair? just i'm just wondering like <laughs> Holy shit, man. <laughs> when I get when I get busy, like I don't cut my hair, my fingernails get along, and that's how I know I'm like, oh shit, like it's been yeah, bad around that, here. That's pretty much where I'm at. Well see, Mama hasn't been feeling very well. So I've been playing Mr. Dad for about a week. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's been quite the show over here at the Flawless Residence. <laughs> we had a leak behind our kitchen sink and it just soaked ever like six feet away into the gym area and soaked the carpet underneath. And we're like, what the hell is a big old wet spot here? Dried it out. And then day it was even wetter. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm looking at my baseboards are all kind of like bloating and the drywalls coming on. I'm like, holy shit. So we called and got plumbers to come out there and cut a wall. And there's a compression fitting back there that they shouldn't have used that started leaking and just wet everything. So they tore down our whole kitchen, ripped it all out. Was it like insurance um, sprayed for on mold. That? Oh, yeah, insurance covered it. Uh, that's good. And, you know, they did whatever they're doing, and it, it's just been, I don't even know what the hell was, where I was going with this, but it's just been, madness. oh, it's been kind of crazy. And then Janie got sick, so we don't have a kitchen. We don't have a that's dishwasher. Real. We have nothing. So it's, Mama says that we're live streaming right now, so everybody's hearing our story. <laughs> That's awesome because I'm looking for the live stream over here and I can't find it. So oh, I don't yeah. know what's going so, on with my computer. So are listening. everybody that's listening, shout out to everybody out there. <laughs> They're hearing me drop F-bombs and and thinking that I'm not being recorded, but whatever. This is what our life is like, story. my friends. Yeah, continue on with the story. So kitchen's down. They have it all tarped up. Like It looks like Dexter. Have you seen Dexter before? Right? No. The show? No? No. This is the no, killer really guy, not. though, right? Yeah, he's the killer guy. But anyways, he sets up like a clean room, and he has it all like quarantined off. And so we've been down a kitchen for like two weeks. Mama hasn't been feeling too well. I've been trying to take care of the kids. So this is the result of a week of John playing Mr. Mom. There's Emily. Emily's back. Emily, welcome back. Hi. Sorry, you guys. That's like how my whole week's been going. Not using a mic. Now I'm down here. It's just like, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I hate to take up time like that. Oh, it, it's all good. We were sitting over here actually catching up because it's been a couple crazy weeks as well. Good. So how are you? I'm good. How are good? you guys? We're doing great. Good. Now I want, I need to say congratulations on your new house. I've been watching you on Instagram. Thank I've been you. watching the black doors. We're not there yet. 
but we're excited. Yeah, we're but excited. That house, the house is looking legit. Thank you. It's coming it together. Really good. The paint is kind of crazy. My great aunt lived there before me, and there was pretty much wallpaper everywhere. So the paint is a big change. It looks great, though. We're really excited. It really does. The black door for the attic. That was my uh, painter's looks great idea. great with the two doors. Yeah. And we're putting a little sliding door on the wall there for my office. So that will add a little change in the hallway with all the doors. That's awesome. Yeah. So super, super excited. I don't have a pool though. So maybe that's a new project for the upcoming year. There you go. John, let's go out there and build a pool. You game, John? Yeah, you just you just I am. wave and it's just I am I am game one hundred percent. All right, let's do it. Zach, you in? Yeah, Zach's on mute. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, guys, let's get this party started. Emily, we want to talk about online reputation reviews and online response strategies for business owners. So I'm gonna jump in and my first question to you would be if you can tell us what an online reputation is. Yeah, absolutely. I think some misconceptions about online reputation is that it's all about reviews. What's my star rating? How many stars do I have, etc. That's certainly a part of your online reputation, but your online reputation truly starts with your basic business information. Can I find you? Do you look legit? Do you have a web page? Do you have some sort of presence? And do I see consistency across those platforms? So my first step for business owners when it comes to tackling your online reputation or getting a strategy in place is first, identifying all the places that you're being talked about in addition to where you're talking about yourself, so your Instagram or your website, and make sure we have some consistency across that. Is it colors? Do you have brand colors that you're using everywhere? Is it just the basic business information? Is it clear what services you provide? So as a pool pro, and we've talked about this on the show, there are certain jobs you don't want. Does that information become easily accessible when a consumer is looking for you? That's part of your online reputation. When your client tells their neighbor, I love my pool pro, you just moved to town, don't trust anyone else, don't search the internet, use my guy. Do they still log on, type in your business name and see something that makes them want to call you? Because word of mouth is still huge, but your online reputation needs to match that or back it up or consistently say the same thing everywhere. And we'll get into more about having a response strategy, generating reviews to build that reputation. But I think when it comes to the basics of what is your online reputation, it's not just about those reviews. It's about having accurate information, having your listings claimed, and being consistent across your multiple platforms where people talk about you or you talk about yourself. So you kind of answered the next question. With everything changing in the world, do you think that online reputations really matter or still matter as much? Yeah, I think they matter more than they used to. Five, 10 years ago, maybe only a percentage of your potential consumer base was using digital. Now that number is way above the 90s. I mean, I think about my great aunt whose house I just bought and she moved not super far, but things are different in her world now, different places to shop, restaurants, et cetera. And she's 84. She's still looking at things online and she's not maybe as 
fluid as I am in digital searching, but your online reputation matters because my aunt might go to your website and my cousin, who I refer to you, might go to Instagram. So it's important. And I think consistency across platforms is more important than ever because you do have these multiple funnels. And so if you want to be found by different people in different channels, you have to have a strategy and approach to be there where the different people are looking. Yeah, and I'm I'm not really new school and up to date with all this stuff, but still from my perspective as a consumer, when I'm looking for a service or something, when I go to their online, whether it's their website or social, if it's not current, if it's not consistent for whatever reason, right or wrong, I get red flags and it immediately just makes me kind of look to the next person. So I think it's huge. My question would be, how have online reviews transformed consumer behaviors? Let's just think about our own behaviors first. How did you used to pick a movie or decide what pair of shoes to buy or whatever the case may be. You'd talk to people, maybe you'd read some things. But when it comes to how consumers make buying decisions today, so much of it is the trust of review content. And they don't even necessarily like vet what reviews they trust. They almost rely on the platform to do that for them. And so that's why your online reputation matters. Because for example, let's look at Amazon. I think so many people think of Amazon reviews as inflated and fake and they have some bot you know, issues, things of that nature. So when you're looking at Amazon reviews, you're doing like a little bit more digging on your own. You're looking at like customer pictures. If you're really trying to research something, you're like digging in. When you go to a place like Yelp, consumers trust that platform because we have a lot of these automated softwares to create that trust. We filter out reviews that have been solicited or paid for. So from a business owner perspective, understanding where consumers trust information and building up those places is how you get in front of consumers changed behavior. So let's take it back again to the example of like referrals. I think nowadays, people still get referrals. I mean, most of the contractors that I'm working with on my house are referrals, but I didn't just take someone's word at it. I took their referral and then I did just a little bit of micro research. And so that's the change in consumer behavior that ultimately impacts the business owner. You might be able to have a pool pro business with just one or two guys that doesn't have all this flashy social or have all these paid ads or whatever, and you might be able to maintain your business. But when someone refers someone to you, you still want them to feel confident when they Google your name and find you. And that is the change in the consumer behavior that impacts you all as business owners is referral is not just a referral anymore. It's followed up by an online search. And if you don't have that digital presence and that reputation to match what my neighbor said, I'm probably going to find someone else or I'm going to ask someone else for a different referral. Those are some great points. And we'll talk a little bit more specific towards the pool pro. And I think a lot of times we just kind of get into that really kind of how important is that review for my business? So how important are those reviews specifically for the pool pro? So for somebody on Amazon, those reviews might take a different turn, but for us as a pool company, how important is it to have those online reviews? 
So there's something really important to start with when we talk about pool pros or service pros in general. You're not going to have as many reviews as a restaurant or a retailer oftentimes. Now, let me also say, though, that reviews in the home services category has increased like tenfold in the past few years. So it's not that people aren't reviewing home pros. But think about how many customers you serve in a week or a month compared to like a taco shop or like a pizza place. It's different. And so you don't want to compare your quantity of reviews to something that isn't comparable. Less than 1% of Yelp users actually write reviews. And think about that. Like y'all aren't writing reviews all the time for all the places you go to. I legally can't, but I still wouldn't even if I could. It's just not a habitual thing for all of us. And so for pool pros in particular, reviews are valuable and important, but you need to eliminate your obsession with having so many of them because you're never going to achieve that in a natural way at the rapid pace that you want and going about it in an unnatural way, like asking all your customers or like standing there and having them write a review. I know some of you have done that, so don't deny it. You don't have to tell us, but I know you've done it. That stuff is going to hold you back. Provide the memorable experience. Give them a laugh when you see them when they're home while you're cleaning. Do something that reminds them about the great experience, but don't get so obsessed with getting all these reviews, okay? Now, let's talk about the reviews you do get or that you do have. That's either a relationship to deepen, so someone loves you and they shared that experience. You need to now close the loop on that. Thank them either in that quick little message or next time you're at their house. If it's not you, it's one of your pros, tell them, we saw the review, thanks so much. That is a deepening and that is a customer that's going to continue to shout your name from the rooftops. So See that as valuable. Don't just respond to the negatives. You got to respond to the positives and reuse those positive reviews. Post them on social, put them on your website. That's how valuable they are. They don't just need to live on the platform they live on. Carry them to other platforms and spread the word about who you are. Now, how influential are they to clients? I think in the pool pro industry in particular, We're looking for themes more often than anything else. So like the four of us have talked before about your ideal client as a pool pro and how it might vary or you might try to dip into a new type of client, maybe a little bit higher pay scale, if you will, nicer neighborhoods or whatever the case may be. In those cases, when they're looking for a referral or a recommendation, they want to see are the glowing reviews about the same sorts of things If there's a negative review, is it about something that's going to impact me or my experience? And one step further, the power of you responding to a negative review speaks more volumes to a consumer than just seeing the negative review itself. It puts into question the negative review and it elevates who you are as a business. So remember that, that reviews are influential to consumers and not just in the automatic way you might think. A negative review isn't an equally translatable to consumer doesn't want to do business with you. So negative reviews can still be valuable to you in a way that helps you get more customers. And I'll close that thought out by saying, I was interviewing a business owner yesterday and they said themselves something that I say all the time. 
Sometimes perfect five-star pages are not good or believable or something that a consumer sees as trustworthy. Sometimes having some critical reviews makes you look more real. And that's why all of your reviews are valuable to you, not just your positive ones. I kind of want to give an example because I got some real life experience as far as these reviews and negative reviews. So to touch on what Emily was talking about, when we started, we were always really paranoid about reviews. Oh my God, you know, I, I don't want somebody to negatively review me or whatever. And, you know, I think everybody who gets into a business and especially cares enough about it and strives to do really well, that stuff matters to them. And they understand that reviews are a tool for people to look at and to kind of get part of a picture of what a company's about from the perspective of a past. So we've been blessed throughout all our years to have nothing but positive reviews. And every single one of our reviews have always been five stars. And it brings up a point of like what Emily was talking about saying, Hey, is that really real? You know, people thinking like, Hey, how can everybody be happy with this guy or this company or these people? And, you know, we've had, by the way, Emily, we have a lot of unrecommended reviews for, for whatever reason. And I'm sure you've heard that a lot too. Oh, we can talk about that if you want, John. You know, these unrecommended reviews, which are like, whatever, but that's cool too. John has his pool pros right. giving their phones to their customers and watching them and right. saying, like, do this now. You, you want a review? discount? No. Okay. Let me say though, we joke about it. There are moving companies, not to bash another industry. It happens in all industries, but there are moving companies when they show up at your new house, they say, okay, before we unload, like they have all your stuff. In their truck. No way. Yes. And then the companies will get in trouble because the people will write a little something. Yeah. They'll get everything unloaded and they'll go back and they'll update their review like one star at this. <laughs> they held, a, they held like, my product hostage or my my my, clothes, like, my underwear were, were, were held hostage <laughs> until I gave them a five star When you're review. obsessed with reviews, sometimes you go over the line. And that's why it's important. Like you guys, nothing is that serious. That you don't want to treat your relationships with your clients that way. Keep going, John. Yeah, no. So I want to segue into, hey, we got our first negative review. And at first I was pretty irritated, but after I read it and after I sat and I thought about it, I was like, you know, I was very happy and it was relieving actually like, oh my God, okay, I finally got this out of the way. I don't have to worry about getting this anymore. Let's see what impact this has. And to be honest, I'll read it word for word right now on the air because I'm not ashamed, but I personally think that this review is better than any of my five-star reviews because it tells a story uh, or the, the client that's writing the review actually, in my opinion, is complimenting us and not really even knowing it. So here it goes. Let me give you a little backstory. So it's really windy where we're at at certain times. And this home in particular lives in an undeveloped area. Surrounding it is undeveloped area and there's a lot of sand and dirt. And when the winds kick up to 60, 70 miles an hour, these pools literally become mud pools. Like there's mud in them. There's an inch worth of dirt in the bottom of it. And it is impossible to, when it gets that bad, to, to make that pool look perfect in one visit, especially when you have 30, 40 pools throughout the day or 15 pools or 20 pools or whatever, however many you do. And it's a struggle we go through out here in the Valley. But here's a review. I've enjoyed my pool service company for over three years until now. 
We've been experiencing some severe windstorms these past few weeks, which have wreaked havoc on the pools here in the Coachella Valley. I've never had an issue with John servicing my pool and jacuzzi. He's always been punctual and left my pool sparkling until last Monday. I sent him a quick text message asking why my pool is the only one in the community that looks so horrendous. And this was his response. So it's funny how there's always different sides to the story. So my response was because. John, I feel like I saw this. I feel like I saw this review. So when he responded to me, it was very short, abrupt, and like, dude, you need to get over here and do this. Like, what the hell are you doing? And And I still have a copy of it. And I don't have it now, unfortunately, that I can pull it up. But I'll read it to us one day. And it wasn't as simple as, hey, John, what's going on with the pool? It was more like being a complete asshole. So this was my response. And he quotes me. So of course, he takes my text message and he quotes me. I responded, I go, when pools have a half inch of dirt and are trash from a big windstorm, it takes some time to get them in shape. For the last two months, it's been a disaster every visit. And I spent extra time to get your pool back up in shape. This last storm went over the top, and I wasn't able to get all the dirt because so much of it was suspended in the water that it couldn't be removed until it settled. Every pool has been this way this past week, and it would have been impossible for me to finish all in one day. My apologies. I'm sure you've seen what I've walked into every single week. I would have hoped you would have understood that this isn't normal. I want you to be happy, and it seems like you're not. We're scheduled to be there this Friday to get you cleaned up. After we do that, it might be best that we part ways. You can disregard the current invoice and don't worry about the services done this month. If you've already sent out the check, uh, I'll make sure to return it. Thank you very much. We had a string of comments or a conversation where he was snapping at me and, and basically yelling at me. And that was my final response to him. And he responded on the review and goes, wasn't that a flawless response? When all I asked was why my pool was like a flock of seagulls used it as a bathroom. (laughs) I live in a smaller community and no other pool looks like ours. As a matter of fact, this company also services the larger pool across the street and their pool is sparkling. Thankfully, there are more pool companies in the valley than plastic surgeons, so I don't anticipate having a problem finding a new pool company. I guess this is the new normal to be fired by your pool company. So anyways, now let me ask yeah. you this. He responded that Absolutely. on the no. review platform. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah he responded. Yeah. This was on the platform and here's, what he sent, but nothing. But again, to me, I remember this. Y- you remember it? it? To me, it was a compliment yes. because he said for three years, the pool was perfect. Always punctual. Yeah. One hiccup. Totally. And then all of a sudden it's the end of the frigging world. He writes right? a bad review. Yeah. Totally. Well, but he's and also, he's also saying that there was all these, you know, he's saying that there was these windstorms oh, yeah. and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah, he so knows. he's saying what the problem is. And then the thing that's so funny to me too, is reviews like that look like such outliers, like on the rest of your page, it looks like an outlier. So reviewers do that too, you know, and some important note to for everyone listening, anytime you're looking on Yelp, you can click on the name of the reviewer and it'll pull up their page and all the reviews they've written, like a breakdown in the top. So you can see if these people are like negative Nancy, some people just write bad reviews, you know, but I think I've said this every time we've done an episode together and I'll say it again, especially on this one. Nearly 80% of the reviews on Yelp are positive, and there's more five stars than one, two, and three combined. So most of the people on Yelp are going to share places they love. This guy clearly used this platform as a way to like vent because he's mad that you fired him, but I kind of love it. Like 
he did you a huge favor in my opinion. Uh, he did. You know? He did. And he it when I, when I said him that he's all I he's all I can't wait to to do a review on you, John, or something like that. Because he was offended that I told him, if you're not happy, I want you to be happy. This will be your last day of service. Let me get you cleaned up and let's move on, right? And yeah. The beauty of it too is you gave him compensation. So he oh, can't no, say, oh, well, John, you, know what you, know, like, you gave him the last month, you gave him free. So you kind of hit it on and all And it's cylinders. not like when I went there, he knew about it. And it's like, oh, I just left to pull a mess. We send emails out. I emailed them. I text them and I let them know, hey, pool's a d- disaster again from the windstorm. As you know, I got this. I worked on it. I'm going to come back again this week to get it serviced. So do two services this week to get it clean on Friday because I think I was there. I'm usually there on Mondays. And then I said, I'll be back that Friday after everything settles and I'm all caught up and I'll have it all cleaned up. So you're not even down for more than a couple days. And I clearly responded all that to him and that wasn't good enough for him. No, he wanted it all cleaned up there. So the only way to do it was to drain the pool. So it was literally mud. You couldn't see the bottom of it. It was, it was just unbelievably dirty. And his backyard was just full of all dirt and it just was impossible. It just wasn't feasible. So I sent him a message. It wasn't good enough for him. He expected a miracle. And I said, well, you're being unreasonable. So there you go. I think that's a perfect scenario, honestly. And you have to almost like, you have to just like remove the, um, the emotional part out of it. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's not worth your health, you know, like it's not worth all this stress. It's like, see, uh, you know, so you did the right thing. That review has been more of a conversation starter with a lot of my clients that call us. And they say, hey, John, I called, da-da-da, we checked you out, you have wonderful reviews, and uh, except for that one knucklehead or da-da-da-da-da, you know, and they'll, and they'll, <laughs> they'll bring that up to me and we'll start talking about it and we'll shoot the shit for like five minutes about what happened in the situation. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? People are like, I can't believe he did that or I can't believe he said that. Or, and it's just bizarre that, and I even had a customer that called me up and said, hey, we chose to go with you after reading reviews because of that review. So it's kind of weird how it works out. And a lot of people will write reviews to combat a negative reviewer. So sometimes you'll see a reviewer like, I love this place. I don't know what Paul F is talking about. You know, it's just like, just a crack up. That's like hysterical when that happens. The real question is, did you guys get back together? Oh, hell no. (laughs) No, I don't have time for that. No, no, no. Look, we're at the point where you know, we want good customers. We take care of our customers and we, and we want to be taken care of in return. And us being taken care of is being paid on time and being respected. And the minute we, any one of us cross that line, that's when we should part ways. You know, um, we work too hard for what we do and to be treated that way is just unacceptable for us. So, you know, we don't, we've, we've luckily have gotten to a point in our career where we don't, have to deal with that kind of stuff or or feel like we need to continue to be abused because we need that client or that account. Screw that. Well, and I think it's important just to round this out before we go to the next question with if someone's threatening you with a negative review, like let them post like it. I said, I Fine. laughed when you did like, that. I'm like, whatever, bro. <laughs> like, do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, you can't lose your sleep over that. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. They can't, the listeners can't see, but I threw up a little piece. (laughs) (laughs) So talking about all of this, I'm curious, 
as far as talking about like a consumer buying process, how do consumers utilize online reviews in that buying process? I think the biggest thing you guys is these mobile devices in our phone, in our hands, right? We always have them with us, which means the searching, especially on Yelp is done way closer to the transaction or booking the appointment or whatever the case may be than it used to be. We're all about instant gratification. If I decide on a Monday that I'm going to start paying someone to clean my pool, I'm probably going to have someone picked out by the end of the week. And so remembering that when these people are looking at online reputation or looking at your presence, they're wanting to transact relatively quickly. And that's why it's important to have the information about your services clearly and visibly displayed. You know, it's like, the leveraging of reviews makes the decision buying process faster because you don't have to do as much of your own research. You're like crowdsourcing research, if you will. And so I'll take it and kind of like fold it out and say, that's why on Yelp, having your profile complete is so important because yeah, they're looking at the reviews, but when they do that search on their Yelp phone, They've already decided they want a pool cleaner. They've already budgeted out that they have the money for it. They just need to know who. And so it's not even necessarily about the review anymore. They trust the platform. They're going to look for someone in their area who does what they want. And then they're just going to see, does the reputation match? Okay, call. Okay, click to website. Okay, schedule a quote, you know? So I think how reviews have changed the buying decision is they've sped it up, but that's also in big part to our phones. I think a lot of us make decisions faster. We don't mill over them quite as long. We want that instant gratification. And so the consumer behavior has changed to a point where you have to have your reputation and your engagement current so that you look like a viable option. So what is an online response strategy? So to me, the average business owner just like responds as they go. You're new to business. You're just getting started. You've got like 20 pools you're managing. You probably don't have this mapped out plan of what you're going to do every time you get a review. You're just kind of like going by the seat of your pants. You're like responding in the car before you go to the next client, which is fine. But I think a way to eliminate the stress and the emotional roller coaster of your online reputation or your brand is to have a plan, to have a strategy to know if this, then that. If I get a negative review, then I'm going to do this. If I get a positive review, then I'm going to do this. That's a strategy. And that eliminates your need to make decisions, which I could go down a long little side path about how that helps in entrepreneurship, in life, in everything, but decision fatigue is a real thing. And so having a plan in place of what you're going to do can eliminate that and allow you to systematically engage with your reviews. When it comes to a response strategy, and I know you guys are going to break us down into the different sections, but to me, it's just a plan. And it could just be a scrap board plan, right? It could be you and your marketing assistant or you and one of your pool guys saying, okay, who's going to take this? If a review comes in and it's a Saturday, I got it or whatever. 
The strategy part is just having a plan, having a roadmap for yourself, having an idea of what you would do if XYZ happens. And I think today we're going to give you a strategy. We're going to give you all a strategy that you can use and personalize and customize. Guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue with Emily. SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray, all day. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Emily. We're talking about reviews. We're talking about a rate, a rate, I almost said rate, a review strategy. So let's keep our conversation going. So Emily, let me ask you, why is it important to have a response strategy if you are a business owner? Well, I think whenever a business owner begins their journey, they're opening themselves up to feedback or criticism or support. People are going to let you know what they think about you when you put something out into the world. And so having a strategy prevents reviews from totally blowing up a day or a week. Having a strategy eliminates the emotional roller coaster of getting a review. It allows you to be a little bit more systematic. 
Some of the best response strategies and review strategies that I've come across are executed by marketing people. You hire someone to help with your social and they help you put a strategy together. Why are they better at it? They're not as emotionally invested as you. When it's your business and you get that notification and you've been getting all five stars, right? That's what you're expecting. And you see it's a one star. It's like, oh, oh my gosh. And so if you have a strategy, you can avoid that. The marketing person you hired never feels that way when they see the one star. They think, oh, I'm going to go have to talk to Edgar about this. But they don't think I'm not going to sleep tonight. They don't think I'm going to get this taken down. They're just like, okay, what are we going to do? And so if you as a business owner can put together a strategy on a day when you have 30 minutes or an hour to talk this through with someone you trust or a colleague or a mentor, then it's not as upending when it happens live. That's my whole philosophy on having a plan and a strategy. I think a big part of that too, not just necessarily response, but add to your strategy, just make sure you're monitoring because we've gotten reviews that, well, we got one review. It was crazy. Like we didn't know the person. It literally said they came in for an interview and we jumped him. And we were like, what? And we had to work hard to have Google remove that review, which is absolutely the most insane thing I've ever heard. So, And I know other business owners that have gotten these just wild reviews and they don't even know about it. I'm the one like, hey, did you know you had a review? So Jumped him? Make sure, yeah. yeah came That's in crazy. Review and we jumped him. And it was one of those things. I went and looked and they'd left like three reviews and one was at like a grocery store and it was a one-star review and one was at like some restaurant that was a one-star review. So I don't know what's going on with that. But so my next question, Emily, would be, and I've always been curious about this, is it a good idea to respond to all reviews or is a selective response strategy more effective than responding to all reviews? Because we respond to the negatives, but is there a benefit to responding to the positives? I'm a firm believer in responding to everything, asterisk, if you have the time. And I think there's like a strategy behind that and kind of a breakdown of if you don't have time, what you should do. So let me break it down real quick. When it comes to the positive reviews, you really should respond to those because that's one of your most loyal fans, right? That's one of the people that loves you and is shouting from the rooftops how great you are. So respond to that simply to deepen that relationship. Now, on Yelp, when you respond to reviews publicly, all of the word content that you're using helps you appear in search results. So if they mention a service you offer or something that you provide that you'd like to get a little bit more attention for, reiterate that in your response. I'm so glad that switching to our bi-weekly cleans has changed You know the way, whatever. I, I need a better pool pro example than that, but If they're saying something that you want more work for or that you are hoping to get more visibility around, take the extra two seconds, write the public thank you, and reiterate that service or that offering. Now, if you don't have time and if you're literally writing the same one to two sentence thank you for everyone, don't post that on the front. Maybe send that as a direct message where you're copy and pasting because you just don't want to look tanned and disingenuine. Thanks so much for the review, you know, explanation point. Like, okay, get a little bit more creative here if we're responding, Zach. 
at least throw me a little bone about like, can't wait to see your kids when they come home from break or what? I don't know. Something. Give me something. Let me round out this thought. So that was the positives. So I think you should respond. You can be strategic and use keywords or phrases in a public response. If you don't have time to respond to everything, do a direct message. You want me to go into negatives now? Should we break those down? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, great. So for negatives, this is where it's certainly more important to have a response. And I think a public response is of the utmost importance. But when you are doing a public response to a critical review, you are not responding to get into a back and forth dialogue with that reviewer. You're not trying to hash it out with them. You're responding to reflect your customer service practices to all other potential consumers. So maybe that public response looks something like, thank you so much for sharing your feedback. We're sorry that the clean wasn't up to your expectations. It is important to us to spend quality time and get the clean you're looking for each and every time. We sent you a direct message to dig a little deeper on how we can make this right. Okay? So you're addressing the concern, you're personalizing their response by calling out a thing or two that they mentioned and how that isn't standard for what you guys do and how you operate. And then you're taking the conversation offline, telling them you sent a direct message. I've seen a lot of business owners share an email or a phone number in the public response. And the beauty of that is you're showing that you care. You're showing that you're open to criticism and feedback. But even if that person doesn't get in touch with you or doesn't upgrade their review, other consumers see that and not only are more willing to go spend money with your business, but they're also more willing to share their experience. So that's something really crucial. Business owners that respond to Yelp reviews in 24 hours on average have a higher star rating and higher quantity of reviews than businesses that don't. And that's just that psychology. If I'm looking for a pool pro and I see their Yelp page and I see they have great reviews, but if they don't, they respond, I'm probably more likely to want to share my experience because I know they're engaged. I know they care. I know they read it. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking, do I have time to respond to this? There's great value there in representing your brand. So what is the best type of response strategy? So for me, the first decision is who's going to be responding, okay? And I think that is based on how big your operation is. I mean, you know, is it you and like two pool pros? You're probably the one responding. I know business owners, particularly who have been around for years and years and years, and they just didn't want to give it up for the longest time. And then there was just too much. So they had to. The best type of strategy is when the person who's responsible knows they're responsible. So if you're going to offload this to someone, which is okay, I don't think every business owner needs to do the responding themselves. Make sure that they understand the importance of this. Sit down with them and express to them how emotional this is for you as the owner and how you want them to take this on, but we need to take it seriously. You know, Do they need to consult with you before certain types of responses? I think the best type of strategy is one that is thought out. The people responsible know what they're doing and they have resources, right? So I think a good exercise is write a couple of practice responses that you just have in a Word doc so that you don't have to think so hard when you're dealing with a critical one. You can take your little like, this is what we think we'd say. And then you can 
change it. You know, you can shape it to be personalized. But to me, a good strategy is having some potential. This might happen. Here's what we're going to do. And then I think to Zach's point, the real crux is knowing where people are talking about you. So you've got to turn those notifications on. The strategy begins by having awareness. So find the sites where you have a presence, claim them and update them so they're accurate, and then have a few potential if this, then that in your tool belt, and you'll be good to go. Emily, there's several types of reviews, and we have the ones that have no text reviews. It's just the stars. You have the positive, the negatives with text. Then you get those that are angry customers or a review where it might be very clear to you that it needs a solution, maybe because of an incident. So I want to go through those one by one and have you maybe explain what those are and maybe how the business should respond to them. That way, the pros out there kind of get a good idea to how to respond on certain ones. So let's talk a little bit about a no text review and those you kind of tend to see on there. They just kind of one, two, three, four, five star and and then that's it. So how should they respond to those and should they? Yeah, that's tough. So on Yelp, you're never going to have a no text review, right? We require to have some content and you'll actually never really even see like a five star, this place rocks or a one star, hate this place. Those normally go not recommended. So that's kind of, you know, a different concept for us than what our standard is. But I know that that's like how it is on Google and other places. For me personally, what can you really do with a no content review? I don't know that you can really respond effectively because you're just like shooting at the dark of like what the critical is about. Now, I think some people might say if you have the time to message them for positives and say, thanks so much. Like would love to know more about what you've been enjoying so we can do more of that or whatever. That would be an opportunity to deepen the relationship. But I think responding to a no text one star is just a black hole of of potential problems. I think they don't give you much to work with with text, so don't fret it. Move on. That would be my opinion for no text. How should someone respond to a review that needs a solution? I think that's a really good question. If you have a review that feels like it's going to require some more dialogue, I think your public response stays high level. Thanks for the feedback, et cetera. Take it offline. Now, there's some strategy behind that to like, do we just have a general number or an email address that we just like, you know, put everywhere in hopes that they do get in touch? I think one of the most frustrating things for business owners, though, is sometimes reviewers will write a critical review that seems like it needs some follow up, resolution, problem solving, whatever the case may be. And then they don't reply when you respond. And so I want to call that out because that's frustrating for business owners. I took the time to respond. I want to know how we could have made this better. And now they're not answering me anymore. That's hard. You know, it's a real, real challenge. And that's why when you're thinking about response strategy and you're thinking about being strategic, you need to remember that those responses are more for everyone else and not necessarily for the reviewer. I will give one quick example, though. If, for example, you get a critical review that calls out something that is like standard practice for you, that's an important opportunity to address that publicly so everyone else can see. 
And I'm going to give a not pool pro example because it's just easier. Okay. There's this farm to table restaurant I used to work with in the Bay, San Francisco Bay area. And they had all like tapas style menus. So small plates, dishes, whatever. You used to be able to get a plate of three meatballs for $15, like jumbo meatballs. And then they changed it to a la carte, $5 per meatball. You could order however many you want. People started complaining that the a la carte price was like so expensive, blah, 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 whatever. When in reality, it was like the same. It was just like, you know, marketed different. So they switched it back and they never got complaints about that again. That's just like a stupid example, right? Consumer perception. But same restaurant, same concept, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Other people would complain in general because it was expensive. Like they just thought in general, the restaurant was expensive. Well, they're a farm to table restaurant. Like people who go to farm to table know that it's more expensive because you're sourcing local, you're, you know, whatever. It's more expensive product. It's higher quality items. So the business owner would take those reviews and he would respond with the whole philosophy of farm to table and why it's more expensive and yada, yada. And what that does is that educates all potential consumers who are not your customer. And there's an equivalent to that in the pool industry. There's something that you do for a certain reason, or there's a time limit that you have on certain services, and people might not like that. And that's fine, but you're not going to change your policy that works for you. You're just going to explain it. Now, there are some times where you get feedback and maybe you think, maybe we should change a policy. But having the power to decide and say, "Eh, this is the way we do things and because you don't like it maybe means you're not a good customer for us is the better way to approach it. I feel like I kind of took that in a weird direction. Was that that answer? No, I think that was perfect. And you brought up some great examples there. And, you know, just like you can take anything and, you know, you can harness it and you can use it for your benefit. When you were talking about that farm to table, that was just like a perfect response. Like, okay, well, people sometimes are ignorant and they just don't understand why. And they just have an assumption or they automatically assume. If I was that business owner, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe I need to do a better job explaining that before people come in. So they obviously walked into my restaurant. Well, I need to figure out a way so they understand why we're different than any other restaurant and why when you are purchasing the food from us, how it differs from the place down the street or the place in the other town. And I would use it as a way to be able to, you know, better my business. So there's a bunch of positives that you can take out of any of this. The other thing is just like with everything. So, you know, reputations take a long time to build. A good reputation can take a lifetime to build and in all reality can actually be destroyed in one day one thing can happen and can absolutely destroy a lifetime's worth of work. Most of the times when you have a problem like that, these online pop-up places or companies come up that promise you, hey, look, uh, we can, like for instance, like with credit repair, or you have bad credit and you screw up your credit, right? You have 10 years worth of great credit and then you do something bad and it screws up your credit. Now they have like a credit repair agency where you can hire them and they can go, they, they claim they can fix your credit. Well, with online reputation now, I believe there's some companies out there that say, hey, you can pay for people to clean up your online reputation. Have you heard of that? And do those services work? What would you recommend when it comes down to that? Those are huge, huge, huge red flags. And I remember when I first got into this industry and I would be at expos or trade shows, we would be put like near these reputation management companies because 
were Yelp, right? So it's like sort of the same bag. And I remember in the early days, from the perspective of, hey, we're an agency, we'll help you learn how to share your reviews across multiple platforms, or we'll help you harness the power of your reputation to get some PR. That's legit, right? People telling you that you can pay them to change your reputation, to remove negative reviews, to get more positive reviews. That's all red flags to me. And the reason is because on Yelp in particular, we have a rule against soliciting or asking for reviews. So that algorithm, for example, works directly against reviews that were solicited or asked for. And let me just dig into that a little bit and give you guys some examples because I don't think business owners are necessarily doing it in a, in a way that they are meaning to be malicious. And that's what these review reputation management companies go after. They tell you like, well, we're just going to ask all your existing customers what they think about you. But look at it this way, okay? I'm going to take non-pool pro. Well, actually, no. For this first one, let's use a pool example. You're brand new. You've been doing pools for two summers. You have three or four reviews maybe. And then you work with this reputation management company. They start sending email campaigns. They're texting all your customers. And they're just telling them, go to Yelp, go to Yelp, go to Yelp. It's all these links to Yelp, yada, yada. Now suddenly your Yelp page has gotten like 20, 30 reviews in like a 10, 15 day window. The algorithm is like, what the hell? Like, this is crazy. This isn't normal. So that's a way where you're now you're paying this company, you're doing all this work, and then the reviews aren't even recommended on Yelp because they're not legit to us. They're solicited. Another great example, I used to work with this guy who owned a bunch of car washes in Los Angeles. And he used to have an iPad, like right by the cashier station. Makes sense, right? Like if you're getting your car wash, you're waiting it a little bit at least while it's going through the system. So he'd ask people like, could you write a review while you're here? Well, the algorithm doesn't know the difference between if those are real customers or if Bob's just sitting in his office on his iPad, like writing himself some reviews. And so anytime a company is telling you, you can pay money to control your reputation or to garner a good reputation, that to me is a path of unnatural reviews, which on Yelp will bite you in the back right away because they'll go not recommended. But on other sites, it'll just come back to bite you in the ass later down the road. It's like the Instagram accounts that are just full of bots. I mean, cool. Sure. You have a couple thousand followers and maybe you get likes right away, but like do you have an engaged audience? Are those your customers? Are they potential new customers? Not really. And so all that circles back to say, there's no amount of money you can pay to change your reputation overnight. And the only types of reputation management companies I would work with are the kinds that help me manage my reviews, help me come up with a response strategy. Maybe they're the ones doing the responding. And I think for some of you, depending on how big your operation is, that might make sense. Maybe your social person is managing some of your online reputation stuff, but any company that tells you you're going to pay to get good reviews or remove negative reviews, big red flag. And we actually have a handful of companies at Yelp that are blacklisted. And if we see that they're getting review content sent from those platforms, they'll get an alert through the backend business owner's account saying, hey, if you don't stop doing this action, your page will get a flag on it. And then they'll have a flag on their page that says, this business has been caught soliciting reviews. Just an FYI that you know we're cleaning up the page, but some of these reviews aren't real quality customers. 
last question here, and I know we're kind of running out of time. Is there any other review that we might have left out that you can think of? Type of review, you mean? Yeah, we've obviously covered for the angry customers and the no text. Is there any type of review that we've not covered that we might might talk about? Maybe we covered them all, but I just wanted to make sure. No, no, I think that's good. So we did negative reviews. You know, this is one for me, and I'm going to actually just give advice from a different business owner. This isn't even my advice because we don't talk about this that much. But what do you do with the four star or the three star? What do you do with the person that seems to be pretty happy, but didn't give you five stars? I have this business owner, Buck LaPelle, who used to always say to me, you know, I ask about the lost star and that might be stupid and silly. And some business owners might say, why would you open that can of worms if they didn't? But he sees it as an opportunity to learn something or figure out what that missing element for that customer was. So I don't think you have to do that every time. I think sometimes when you get a four-star review and it's glowing, you can just say thank you and chalk it up to that. But if you think there's an opportunity for that extra star and you're curious about it, that shows that you care about that consumer feedback, right? That shows that you're trying to be in tune with what your customers think and feel and whether they're going to upgrade their review or not isn't really the point. It's more about what can I take away from this? What can I learn? What insight can I glean from someone who's paid us or used our services or experienced our offerings? And so that would be that gray area for me where decide as you go if not perfect but positive reviews are an opportunity for more learning and more dialogue. Great. Thank you so much, Emily. A lot of great information. I love doing these podcasts with you because every time that we do them, seriously, I always go home with a lot more knowledge on, on all this social media strategies and all these things. So I know that we're short for time. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast once again. Guys, we're going to have to call her again and kind of yeah. sign her up for another like four, right? Schedule something for when I'm actually in a podcast office. I'm so excited. <laughs> so you're setting up your new house and you're going to have a, a podcast room. Yeah. Well, my office is going to be kind of set up like a little podcast studio. That's awesome. How cool would that be? I want that. You kind of have that. You have like a professional get up. Wait, are you still it in does. your son's don't, bedroom? Don't let him. Yeah. Or was that just he, for one he has episode? He a whole theater room. <laughs> He has a whole theater room. It's all set up, ready to rock and roll. Just telling St Zach the story. It was like my son was using it last night. So it's like every time I want to use it, it's like I got to go take everything out, put it back in, take everything <laughs> out. I just want something where I could just like leave it and be like, all right, people, don't touch my stuff, right? He's got like six monitors, lights. <laughs> I'm shoved in a corner in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. Yeah, you look good, John. So anyways, want to thank everybody for coming on to the podcast, guys. Thank we you will guys. talk soon. All right. Bye, yeah. guys. Have a good one. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com.
Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolmanUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolmanUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.